Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Wrestle Culture. It's time to begin. I'm counting in. Five, six, seven, eight. My boot scooting pagey is grabbing me crazy. My obsession from a wrestling. My dance floor date. My millennial Romeo cowboy got from head to toe. They ain't come back gonna get in line. A-E-W. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by Phil James and Andy Murray from What Culture to discuss all that goes on in wrestling this week. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, we have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup that we complete with a quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, we're joined by Phil and Andy to discuss all the goings-on in wrestling this week. We sort of workshopped that intro there, but we should start by talking (laughs) about the return of Hangman Page, Andy Murray. What a surprise, the Joker in the casino ladder match on Wednesday night. How do you feel about all this? Great, yeah, great. Uh, I, only, I only say that because, uh, you know, the, there was some hesitation amongst AW fans whether it was yeah. sort of like a shortcut back to the world title picture for him. Yeah, I think a lot of people have kind of expressed the opinion, some in good faith, most not in good faith, that, <laughs> that the influx of your CM Punks and your Brian Danielsons and everything else would lead somehow to Hangman Page being forgotten about or buried or abandoned or whatever else. You saw all kinds of wacky tweets going around going, hey, he's going to go to WWE. Better get Paul on the phone. (laughs) Um, But I think that the reception he received in Philadelphia kind of shows that he's still like the over guy (laughs) as far as homegrown people, organically raised people. Not homegrown because he was in Ring of Honor for however long, Mm. but you know what I mean. Um, I, uh, I... Kind of agree slash disagree at the same time with the perception of him like kind of shortcutting his way to this title shot. I think that fair enough. Yeah, the the anxious millennial cowboy persona has been like, look at all these hurdles he's had to overcome. He's so close and now he's fallen all the way down the bottom. But you've kind of done that two or three times already. And it's like, if you want to get to this title shot, do you really want to go through that process and maybe risk him not being as over through it? Um, Do you really want to take the time to do that? when the plan apparently seems to be full gear, 
I think it's a more interesting mental challenge now because he's face-to-face -face with Kenny Omega now. And is the anxious millennial cowboy man ready for that straight away without that build? I think it presents some interesting character stuff. But, like, just an incredible pop. And What's it, is it the Mandela effect where you misremember something sort of collectively? Is that, I'm not sure if that's the right term I don't or not. Know. But there was a certain feeling around the What Culture Office that, that Page had said he can never challenge for the title whilst Omega's champion. That actually wasn't the case, of course, Phil. He just sort of lost his title opportunity involved in that five-on-five match involving the Dark Order as well. Um, but any question marks over, especially with how close Full Gear is, I think doing another run up the rankings would be a bit iffy. But any question marks over fan sentiment towards him whilst he's been away and Punk and Danielson and Cole have arrived were, well, blown off along with the roof on AEW Dynamite, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. It was remarkably easy for him to get the entire crowd booing John Moxley. So <laughs> yeah. that says quite a lot about how over the guy is at the minute. And I think my favorite thing about this is that it was the most obvious thing to do, and they still did it. <laughs> Which <laughs> it's been a while. Get a lot in wrestling yeah. Yeah. over in the WWE land anyway. Uh, and it's like sometimes you've just got to do the most obvious thing because that's the, sto the logical storyline. That's the story that everybody wants. And the anxious millennial cowboy thing, it has been an amazing build and then like knocking him down just as he gets to the top kind of thing is really, really good and engaging and makes you feel for him. But you can only do that so many times. If you go back yeah. into that and do it again or like make him go back up the ranks or mm. something like that, like eventually that's going to lose its shine and like... You've got to know when to pull the trigger on these things, and it, surely it's got to be now. And me and Andy were talking uh, about this on the news today in terms of him potentially actually winning the title and then dropping it pretty quickly. It is just the story of him getting to the title, really, this time around. I've no doubt he's going to win that world title multiple times in AEW, but you aren't going to struggle, as someone who's made video packages in the past, you aren't <laughs> going to struggle to chart that amazing story from him, you know, being the first contender for the title the first time and then yeah. coming up the rankings and then ballsing it up at the last minute so Orange Cassidy and Pat get in there and then doing this with Kenny Omega and the, the Dark Order and stuff. It already is a brilliant story. I don't think you really need to tell another five chapters when one more <laughs> will do sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to get to the end of that chapter and the end of the story, sorry, and the end of that story is him holding the championship. However long that lasts, it doesn't really matter after that because you've had that moment of him doing this. And I think the double tie-in with how they've managed to intertwine all the Dark Order stuff with this as well, and then the Dark Order like seemingly almost breaking up on Dynamite and things, and then like they're all like uh, things going on within the Dark Order, and you don't know what's going to happen, and then that all to manage to come together on a Brody, Brody Lee memorial show in Brody Lee's hometown town, for that to all come together, and then this Hangman Page thing to happen yeah. as well. It's like that's just incredible timing that they've somehow managed to pull out of their ass to make all of this work in like intertwined all together it's uh, fantastic sticking with AEW, hell of a hot crowd in philly uh, on wednesday night and of course tonight you know it's late to wednesday night you know to look forward to uh, celebrating of course the anniversary of AEW dynamite two years phil chambers uh, over the weekend uh, there will be a podcast out with myself and Michael Sidgwick, about an hour long, uh, talking all about, you know, our thoughts regarding this uh, incredible achievement, this milestone for AEW Dynamite. For you, what are your favourite moments over the past couple of years? My God. Um, it's crazy when you look back on it that it has only been two years. Yeah. Because you yeah. think about the amount of yeah. moments and it's hard to pick one because there's so many. <laughs> and it's like, it's just utterly ridiculous. 
Um, but and it seems like as well with the whole pandemic, they've been through eras <laughs> yeah. already within yeah. two years. Like you've had the opening era, the pandemic era, and then the crowds returning era, and now we're on to the sort of CM Punk and Daniel and Brian Danielson era. And it's like it's crazy how much it all stands out. Um, but you've got to look back, like the punk pop coming back mm-hmm. is an obvious one. I think that's the thing I've probably rewatched the most in wrestling in the past. 10 years at least, if not more. <laughs> mm. uh, absolutely incredible. Um, double or nothing will always stand out. The first one, John Moxley coming back, because especially since we mm. were in the uh, the crowd for it as well, and the whole John Moxley leaving as a work thing that just tied in so well with us being there. <laughs> and just that as a moment is absolutely fantastic. Um, in terms of dynamite stuff, I don't think you can look much further than Sting debuting, can yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. Like that reaction, in even amongst yeah. uh, a thousand fans or whatever it was, got a pop in an empty building pretty much, <laughs> yeah. didn't, he? didn't he? Yeah, I marked out like a small child for the Sting debut. It was so so well done, and uh, Sting in general has been a riot to watch since he came in. But like, far as far as Dynamite moments go, it does feel like they deliver one every single week. Like, there's so many you can pick from. Um, and that's testament to, like, the memorability. Is that even a word? I don't know. Mm, uh, of the be. storytelling and everything else. I think, like, Pac versus Kenny Omega, yes. for me, what a match that was, man. Absolutely tremendous. One of my favorite matches in AEW, full stop, regardless of, like, TV. Obviously, I'm talking about the second one, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, in general, the TV is, like, packed with fun stuff every week. I mean, can I just say, like, every single time Miro has said he, every single way he's going to please his wife <laughs> in his promos. Like, what, what on earth? He's just the most strangely sexy man I've ever seen, Miro. Isn't he? A hell of a turnaround for him on, on Dynamite, yeah. as you've we've witnessed it. A hell he, of a turnaround. He's had pay-per-view matches. I've been involved in stuff on pay-per-views, but it is the basis for him where he came in and he was the best man and then... Donald Duck game, t-shirt. Like, <laughs> yeah. video game bollocks and then the video game match that sort of re-established was, him yeah, was ace and yeah. then this new version of him is yeah. an amazing tale and it is sort of testament to you know if you're worried about your favorite person coming to aw and you know debuting poorly you're looking at you know i'm thinking of like <laughs> yeah. your andrade for example they can still turn it around yeah. because yeah. they they don't just keep plugging away at something when they know it's not worth Let's look at the dark order and how incredibly different they are as a group to how they came yeah. in and that, on dynamite, well, yeah, on course, dynamite, yeah. and that was not yeah. working at all. On the worst dynamite ever, I believe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now they're one of the most over and entertaining things on the show. Yeah, of course, they didn't die, debut on that show, did they? Because we were, we were at the show and the Creepers and stuff yeah. came mm-hmm. out. But they were part of one of the worst segments ever. Yeah. Uh, and then... The thing that spurred Tony Khan to take the creative reins, apparently. Makes a lot yeah. of sense, really. Yeah, absolutely. That was a dreadful, like, really disastrous angle. You can't forget about 2.0 debuting against Moxley. And oh. yeah. <laughs> they just appeared out of nowhere, didn't they? Like, on <laughs> yeah. social media the day before. It's like, whoa, what? You just left WWE two days ago, boys. <laughs> this is awesome. I was saying to, to Sidge, um, it's, it's mainly Sidge talking on this podcast over the weekend, so I'm just going to uh, briefly cover some things that I mentioned. Uh, Le Dina Debonair is divisive, but it is something I would not have seen anywhere else in my wrestling yeah. had I not been watching AW Dynamite. And probably one of my favorite moments, if you're not including matches and stuff and like debuts, because I'm a sadistic bastard, is MJF whipping Cody Rhodes. Yes. <laughs> Ten <laughs> lashes is a tremendous segment. Perfect pro wrestling. I was thinking like uh, the Britt Baker promo on the boat episode <laughs> yeah. as well, where she first turned heel and it was first like, ah, this is going to work. This this is yeah. going to click. This is got some good stuff. 
And then everything that she did on Dynamite yeah. after that was absolutely fantastic. I think the boat episode as well, I think that was the first time like oh, the whole crowd sung Judas at Jericho. Yeah. And that was pretty special in itself because of how big a thing that has become now as well. There's just so many, even like last week, honestly, like I can sit, I can picture myself doing this same conversation on the third anniversary of Dynamite and talking about Amanda Huber and Negative One coming out mm. in the middle of the Dark Order's reunion match. Yeah. Stuff every week. And like, it's a weird thing to do to sit here and go, oh, the Brody Lee Memorial Show, but the whole thing was tremendous. Yeah, it's weirdly tinged that I, I said yeah. on the thing. I said, I don't think I'll ever actually go back and watch it, but it is also seared into my memory, yeah. that, that show that they pulled perfect. off what, a week Absolutely or so after perfect. his passing. It's just astonishing uh, for them to do something like that. And, you, you know, you, you've got to mention a, a variety of different things in terms of matches and moments, but you also kind of have to go back to the first episode of Dynamite, concluding with the debut of the Inner Circle, basically. Because without that, capturing people's attention and making people go, well, I have to see what happens with these guys next week. Yeah. Who knows where we'd be? I know we're looking forward now to Plonk and Danielson, but I do want to give credit to Jericho. So the friends, friends of mine who are wrestling fans, very casual wrestling fans, would turn around to me in the, the subsequent weeks and months and go, isn't that the one that's got Jim Ross and Jericho in? Yeah. And yeah. for a casual wrestling fan, that's yeah. what you need to hook people in. Yeah. And the first guy that you hang your hat on as a company couldn't have worked out much better for them, really. And it also, at the same time, wasn't the Jericho that you know from WWE. It was like a different version of Jericho that he'd brought to the table. Yeah. And I think that worked as well because his name value brings people in. But then it's like, oh, this isn't the Jericho I know and love kind of thing. That's going to hook people and. And, then do you think and how they use that to introduce other characters within it as well, like especially yeah. with the inner circle with like Sammy Guevara and things like that. We, we barely had time on the pod to talk about Eddie Kingston, but do you yes. think like you know we got to talk about his yes. arrival, but also the uh, utilization of AW Dynamite to not necessarily excuse away, but to respond to the understandable reaction to that god awful barbed wire yeah. deathmatch stuff. Perfect. It was so perfect, like the way they used Eddie in that scenario as well, knowing that he is the realest guy in in wrestling, I think, as far as, yeah. like, presenting himself goes. Never once have I watched Eddie Kingston in all my years of watching him and thought, this guy's playing a character, <laughs> or anything like that. It, it, and the way he kind of brought in almost like a mental health discussion into it as well, talking about his anxieties and like relating it to a past incident, which who knows if it was a real incident or not. It's Eddie Kingston. That's yeah. part of the joy. Him and Je he's had a bunch of these moments as well. Like his debut promo on Cody was so awesome. I was just going to say, like, like, yeah. talk about like what JR always says about maximizing your minutes. Like he got Absolutely. a few minutes with a microphone and boy, how did he make, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he made just, them work for him? He bird Cody, he bird Arn Anderson, Tremendous stuff. He, him and Moxley had a great in-ring segment as well before their title match and everything. Eddie's in a lot of these moments, for mm, sure. Yeah. Yeah. On, and, on and his gun. You can't forget about that. I was oh, yeah. <laughs> just about to say, uh, we could probably and sit And now he's here. burning Cody's so, tie. Sorry, Phil. It was a Glock. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> we, we, we could sit here and talk about all the you know amazing moments from 18 months ago or whatever it may be, but I generally think we could probably sit here and talk about the last six <laughs> weeks of AEW. Like you've got yeah, yeah. Kenny versus... Brian Danielson going to a draw. You've yeah. got Armed Anderson. You've got it. Just it is a real. Yeah. It has been a real breath of fresh air for the wrestling. It's fans, a nice hasn't it? show, isn't it? Like I 
sit there every every week, every every time a new work week begins and think how much more interesting like my professional life is because of this show. That's not like meant as like some fawning praise of it because there are some weeks when it's a bit dodgy and that, you know, I've had a few weeks where my ups and downs article has been more downs than ups. Uh, which mm. is quite rare for me. I'm a very kind reviewer, as people who read my SmackDown column will attest years ago. Um, but, like, it's just made everything more fun in general because it's different to WWE. It's distinct. You're seeing a lot of people you've been watching for a long time, but they're playing different roles and everything else. Um, the booking generally rewards your investment. We're, about, we're seeing that now with Hangman Page and everything else. It's, it's a really fun show to watch, and uh, it's different to Ron SmackDown and it breaks things up. It, mean, it does mean we're watching like wrestling every single day now. Uh, but hey, that's that's no problem as a content creator, is it? Two years of AEW Dynamite, I think it more or less makes it the same amount of time that AEW's been around since I've been working at What Culture compared wow. to the amount of time <laughs> that it hasn't been around. Like, oh. obviously, started in 20, late 2017 here. Um, I can't remember what we used to do before AW Dynamite. <laughs> a lot more lists. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a lot more lists. Sort of kick around on Wednesdays and Thursdays and wait for. Oh, no, because yeah. I suppose SmackDown was Tuesdays. Tuesday, well, yeah, we, Monday, Tuesdays, and then the rest of the week, we're there. We, <laughs> we would quite frequently try and kick a football in a bin, if I recall. <laughs> if I recall, various other office games. Yep. And Fingy jump P. off tables into boxes. Yep. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Fingy P, of course. So. Fingy P. Rest in Fingy P's. That's what we're saying is AW is made us work much harder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know where that football is. <laughs> Might try and find it after this. Um, let's talk about uh, more WWE sorts of things now because tonight sees the first round of the, I want to say King and Queen of the Ring, but nope. it's not that, is it? It's King of the Ring <laughs> and the Queen's, Queen's Crown. Crown Tournament. Yeah, of course. Why? <laughs> Why? God forbid you give men and women parity as we head to Saudi Arabia. Um, <laughs> Phil... Who are your picks for... I'm just going to call it King and Queen of the Ring because I can't be arsed. Yeah, fair. Easy. Charlotte Flair and Baron Corbin. Oh, Rewind, <laughs> baby. Bring it back. Double Corbin. Here yeah, we go. None of, this, none of this happy talk bollocks. Who needs that? That's not fun. <laughs> King Corbin, bring him back. And then get him poured dog food on Roman Reigns again. Why not? <laughs> uh, no, neither of those people. To be fair, the last King of the Ring tournament they did was excellent. Yeah, I think the King of the Ring tournament is pretty much always yeah. excellent because it's just fun. Like, <laughs> the tournament tournaments great. are really yeah. easy to write. Like, I don't know why they don't do them more often because they have trouble writing TV sometimes. <laughs> tournaments are a really easy way around that, uh, which is why it's so odd when they just chuck them together at the last minute like this <laughs> just for a Saudi show or whatever. It's like, well, whatever. Um, yeah, they could have had, like, I've just realized they're doing the King and Queen of the Ring tournaments. I didn't even really think about this beforehand. They're doing it. It culminates in less than two weeks. They yeah. could have spent <laughs> and they announced it doing, last week. Yeah, doing. <laughs> we've known about it for ages. Obviously, covering it. We could have spent weeks doing <laughs> matches and things that spill off because of it. In reality, we're going to get. Wait a second. Smackdown, two Smackdowns and two Raws, and that's yeah. it. Like, it oh, used to be like a 16-person tournament at one point, didn't it? And that was going to be two. Yeah. And, <laughs> two and you, had, you could have, like, qualifying matches and things. It's just you could do so much around this. I don't yeah. know why they haven't. Uh, but who? got three up. can show to Phil on Monday, Mondays. I know. I know. It's so weird, like, this time of year as well. The, the, why is everything so crammed together? Why do you have SummerSlam and then you suddenly have the draft and you suddenly... Why have the draft if it's not going to kick in until the day after Crown Jewel? <laughs> why not do it the day after Crown Jewel? Exactly. And if you want to wait... 
Why not do it after Survivor Series? Because you're immediately going to go into brand warfare. Yeah. Which, why would these people care about a brand that they've been on for, like, weeks? I've been on this <laughs> show for two weeks, and I hate the other brands. Well, it makes sense. Sur- just wait until after Survivor Series, and, then, and then do it, and then reset. It's easy. Especially because then, when Survivor Series finishes, they go, well, there we have it, Survivor Series. Well, I see you in January <laughs> as we head towards the Royal Rumble. Like and they- then whoever wins at Survivor Series, whichever brand wins, gets the first pick or something stupid like that. Yeah. Easy. It's easy this WWE. It, it relates <laughs> to the Royal Rumble or something. I don't. It's just so bloody confusing. Andy, who are your picks for King and Queen of the Ring? I've gone with a very particular theme for, for my picks for King of the Ring, which will become apparent. Sami Zayn uh, should, oh, should win King of the no Ring. No complaints from me. Because for obvious reasons, he's the best guy at playing a whiny man you want to slap and the conspiracy theorist <laughs> and everything else. He's so good at it. On a similar note, but more, even more of a trolling note, Eva Marie. Oh my God. Queen's crown of the ring queen winner 2021, Eva Marie, because it would boil an ocean of piss. Has she won a singles match yet? In her career, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But this is where it starts, baby. She was undrafted in the draft. <laughs> she's a free agent. She's Brock yeah. Lesnar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. She's the female Brock Lesnar. Um, I, it would just be funny. It would be really funny if, especially if she beat like all of our favorites. Like, yeah. you know, she beats Liv Morgan in the finals. Yeah. Like, that would be hilarious. <laughs> Sasha Banks, just line them up. Eva Marie's going to knock them down. Do drop in the first round. <laughs> you know, the heel's got to win that feud. <laughs> it's yeah. just, why not? Why not Eva Marie? It'd be funny. You, I'm sorry, I interrupted your serious. Oh, picks. yeah, my actual <laughs> picks. Uh, for the men's Xavier Woods, because if it's not, you've got issues. Like, come on. Yeah, guys. I love Sami Zayn, but it's got to be. Come on, <laughs> give Xavier something. No. Also, I think he would be incredibly entertaining with it. And like him and Kofi Kingston parading around with a crown and stuff. They don't have to be King Xavier Woods, but I think they'd actually make it entertaining. Whereas, let's face it, normally when they give someone a crown, it's not very good. Did <laughs> you see the, the, the bollocks that WWE pulled on socials the other day? They did like a thing of like, which of these is the best king in the ring? They didn't put fucking King Barrett on there. How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> I was about to message them, and then I saw Stuart just been in the comments. I'm like, come on, guys. Right. <laughs> Hello, Vince. Yeah. Um, and as for the women, I don't know. It could be loads. Bianca Belair would be a really good one. But uh, to worry about the Queen Bianca, I don't know what they'd do with that. Uh, but I think mainly it should be given to someone either new or that hasn't really had yeah, a lot at yeah. the minute. So I'd go with either Liv Morgan or Naomi. Yeah, I th- I th- it depends what you do <laughs> with it, isn't it? Like, their their go to is you're a king now, or you're a queen's crown tournament n- yeah. now, or whatever it is. <laughs> Whereas, can't it just be you're the king of the ring, mm-hmm. and therefore you get I don't know, like they like they had the breakout tournament winner in NXT. You can challenge for any title you want, yeah. singles, tag, whatever you want it to be. And whenever you want it to be, not necessarily like a money in the bank. I want to cash in right now, sort yeah. of thing. But you can just, as a king, it works quite well, declare that you are, you will be challenging for X title at X next pay-per-view, done, sort of thing. Yeah. I think, you know, and then Xavier doesn't have to challenge for the world title. And Hador, maybe if he turns heel and stops, stop, stop, stop. We're not doing this big E bollocks anymore. Stop trying to make the New Day fight each other. <laughs> but maybe he goes, because he's such a bloody nice guy, you know what? 
I want to challenge for the tag titles again because yeah. we haven't held them for a while with a new yeah. day and blah blah blah. And maybe you want to, maybe says maybe we want to win the the tag titles on Raw so we can be back with our pal. Blah blah. You know whatever that may be. You'll hit, I think I think Sami Zayn's a great shout. Xavier Woods is is probably everyone's pick. Yeah. Uh, you were talking about Austin Theory before. I thought that's a hell of a launch pad for someone like him on the main roster. Yeah, he's just really annoying, isn't he? Like, yeah. with his heel persona. And he's that... got a very punchable face. Exactly. <laughs> like, who do you think would look this, the stupidest with a crown in their current getup? I thought about this earlier, and the best I could come up with was Karrion Cross. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> combine, the yeah, combine the masks, the, the gimp straps, and everything else... With the crown and the cape and the scepter, he would look like an idiot. He'd look like Deontay Wilder <laughs> making his entrance in the second jury fight. So yeah, he'd look like a complete belly. I was thinking just Seamus with the mohawk just sticking out the top. You remember how like uh, Scotty Too Hot's hair used to stick out did the top of his hat? Did he have a green crown when he won it, Seamus? I, I dreamt that. I think he did. He had some yeah. weird Celtic crown or whatever. Seamus is a good shout as well because he could keep his mask in his silly coat. Yeah. Let's do it's, it. It's a crown and a nose protector. Stop breaking your nose, Seamus. <laughs> I just, uh, I don't need a crown anymore. No. We don't need the bloody king. But if there it is, never works. If there is one, it has to be Xavier because he'd just yeah, wear a crown yeah. like sideways. It looked mint. King Buck is the only one that's actually pulled it off. You didn't see yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin wearing a crown, did you? He didn't even sit on the bloody throne that they built for it. <laughs> who's, who's that you mentioned before? King Booker. King Booker. God, I loved him as a king. I thought he was fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, Xavier Woods, I think. And then in terms of women's, not anyone but Charlotte Flair, obviously. <laughs> anyone but her. I get it. From a queen. queen. I and mean, it's going to be bad enough they're going to do that fucking belt swap bollocks with Becky and Charlotte yeah. on different brands. If Bailey was still around, 100% would have gone for her. She would have been really funny with it. I Mei like Ying already sits on the throne. Yes. I'm just saying. <laughs> Uh, Liv Morgan, yes, seems to be the, the, the public favourite. So I'm going to say, so you're telling me there's a chance that Shayna Baszler could win it. And then that's par parlays that into a world title match because she's the queen of doing the card stuff now. So why not? Please, Fair. please. The queen of queen of hearts. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Natalia, let's go. Oh, no. <laughs> no. I want to say anyone but Charlotte. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Right, um, we should probably talk about home invasion next. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Why? I mean, why? Did you see the bit on the bump this week? Oh, God. Did what you have this thinking? written down as part of the show? I didn't, but okay. you feel free to mention it. I was going to mention Seth Rollins invading Edge's house. But <laughs> oh, then I you thought was... you were talking about the bump thing, too. But, you... oh. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> but we should probably mention, yeah, the bump. Well, do you want to explain what happened? So they were on... Sonia Deville was one of the guests on WWE's The Bump this week. And uh, they were obviously talking about the home invasion angle where Seth the Chef Rollins turned up to Edge's house and ate his apples. And Which stuff. was quite yeah. good. I really it, enjoyed it. It was a fun time. Yeah. It was a fun time. Um, while while Sonia Deville... What well, isn't a fun time? Yeah. <laughs> while Sonia Deville, that name is important here, was on that show, one of the hosts of the show said, Sonia Deville, what would you do if you were in the shoes of Edge? What the hell situation? were they thinking? What were they thinking? And you saw Sonia's... Full credit to her for her response. She was yeah. such a pro the way she dealt with this. But you saw her face straight away. What are you doing, guys? <laughs> Why are you asking me this question? She handled it. She she moved the segment on and everything else. I'm 100% sure that this was a total mistake. Right? It was, it was, I think it was meant to be worded as what are the... What do you reckon of this? What are the, you know, higher-ups going to do about these sort of actions? Yeah. Yeah. But... <laughs> Why did no one raise their hand and go, we've got Sonia on the show. Think about what the yeah. poor girl's been through. Yeah. Maybe Let's... just don't ask her anything yeah. about this. I'm sure they all like smoothed it over afterwards yeah. and everything yeah. else. But it was so, it was clumsy. Yeah, Very it was clumsy. You could, she's like all credit to Sonia in this like entire segment. Because how would you have it together <laughs> without going, what the ever you... She should have kicked his ass. <laughs> but you could tell after she spoke that, like, the producer had been yeah. in the other guy's ear yeah. shouting at him, like, what the bloody hell are you doing, you absolute <laughs> idiot? You and tube. then he very quickly turned the conversation around to something else. Moving quickly on. Oh, it was so bad. Having said that, you obviously cover SmackDown reporting on Saturday with Gareth. What did you make of it? Because I thought... I mean, aside from the weirdness of it happening and then it's not being referenced aside from that yeah. part of the show, I thought it was really well executed. Yeah. I thought I'm it was excited good to see how it's followed up tonight. I was 100% expecting a follow-up like later on, like a multi-segment angle through SmackDown. And it was a little bit weird that there was none of that. Yeah. I also thought it was hilarious that Edge thought that was the perfect time to pull a little joke and mention FTR on WWE TV. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I'm going to go ring. I can't remember what the real name is. Dan and someone. Stan yeah, yeah. Scott. Or, I, I can't remember. Daniel and Garth Dave. Or or yeah. Garth, no, that's Sidgwick's son. Okay. No, it's Hamlet's son. <laughs> I think it's the one they... I think it's the one they share, yeah. That's, right. that's yeah. right, that's right. <laughs> but like, that's the moment when you're backstage acting like your like, wife and child is in mortal danger. <laughs> that's the time to make, make a little joke. He also was very interested that she didn't right. go to get groceries as well. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I was, I pissed myself 
not literally, obviously. I've got navvies for that. <laughs> uh, when, when Edge didn't realize the uh, recognize the outside of his own house, and he was like, "Where are you, Seth? What the could this possibly be?" The Cobras. Wait a second, that's my surname. I think that's the best way to kind of to kind of consume WWE television. Sometimes, isn't it? Like sometimes things are going to make no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Like how does Edge not recognize the outside of his own? Well, but you just laugh at it. I for a split second thought he was trying to run home when yeah. he ran. ran yeah, out me of the too. Room. And then he was just running to his phone. You mentioned that about them not coming back to it. I forgot about it. So I like watched it when oh, a really enjoyable episode of SmackDown, and I think oh, they all merge into one now because of the drafts. <laughs> Maybe this was one where Charlotte got involved, I think, and then yes, Sasha got in involved the on, on Raw. Yeah. Um, sort of finished. I went, oh, well, the usual sort of interference <laughs> bollocks here. But okay, well, let's best start, let's start the day. I'm watching it sort of uh, early morning on Saturday. And like two hours later, I'm just like having a shower or something. I was like, Wait a second. <laughs> is Seth just still in his house? <laughs> he just slagged off his kids' pictures, had an apple, and went, oh, I could stay here all night. And he went, oh, well, we'll see about that <laughs> next week, apparently. <laughs> and then it sort of got referenced on Raw with Seth being like, oh, Kevin, don't talk about that. And then on NXT, Beth Phoenix was like, I'll let Adam deal with it. Ooh, real names. Cool plan. Like, they still haven't dealt with it, like, what, five yeah. days later yeah. at that point? <laughs> That's, and this, also, this week's segment is going to be Edge finally arriving home. Yeah. <laughs> if they deal with it tonight, they'll be dealing with it on the show that neither of the men are on. I mean, technically they are. <laughs> they, are t- they are till, they are till the till bit crown after jewel. Crown Jewel. But, yeah, I'm, I, I'm just hoping they've done some power with it. Yeah. Like... It's pitched on the SmackDown review like Edge has got his kids to paint a picture of him kicking the crap out of Seth Rollins at a crown jewel or something, rather than grit, grit. Yeah. Pretty Edge is not. It's I not. just want Edge just punting Seth Rollins' new kid. <laughs> <laughs> Kick the baby. Take that rude. That's a, a callback. Snitsky's on CST. Yeah. Snitsky's on NXT now. Did you not see him on the show this week? <laughs> Boudreaux. What's he called now? Horrorland. Horrorland. Well, that actually allows me to transition nicely into our final talking point. Hey. And that is, well, the highlight Is of this the, the only week. thing you've spoken about all week? Pretty much. Yeah, there it is. The debut of Tony <laughs> D'Angelo, which Ian Sidge said was the best NXT debut ever. Sorry, Kevin Owens. <laughs> Take that, Samoa Joe. <laughs> he, Andy, he tried to bribe the referee in yeah. full view of everyone before the match began. Yeah. Uh, he came out to sort of, I think you said it was like harpsichord, mafia music. But like remixed, so it's cool. He <laughs> is... <laughs> He's getting other people to say, forget about it. Like Carmelo Hayes yep. got a promo. Can he be the thing that sort of saves NXT 2.0? Because he got a huge reaction. Why, far better than I was hoping for. Why do you think NXT 2.0 needs saving? That's it's exactly perfect. what I was going to say. It's perfect I'm as it is. More, I merely meant, <laughs> I, it's, it's a great, it is fantastic. It is one of my He's favorite shows of the week. extension of the beautiful nonsense that it is. Yes. I merely meant the, the, the thing that I was reading yesterday, I think, on Twitter with them going, yeah, we relaunched NXT 2.0 because we, <laughs> That's wanted how they connect, we wanted to connect with a younger audience and our average age is 62. Yes, median <laughs> viewer was 62 years old. A younger audience! So, like, the show's great. I just mean in terms of getting young people into it, is he going to be the catalyst for it? Tony D'Angelo. Tony well, D'Angelo. I, I, like, Ironically, for the 18 to 49 audience, hey, you didn't see nothing, which is true. <laughs> I think... I think analysing NXT 2.0, like, seriously and analytically is a bit silly, but... I'm going to do it anyway. Um, <laughs> I think that the, your enjoyment of Tony D'Angelo probably hinges on how much you like The Sopranos. I was just going to say, I think 
going after a younger audience by targeting the Sopranos fans yeah. demographic is <laughs> the best way of doing like, it. The, guy, the guy's got an Uncle Paulie and he's got a cousin Richie ice like a hawk. And he, he basically did a James Gandolfini impression when he said, hey, Tony, we got a situation. Like, hey, it, uh, I get a serious kick out of this act. It's so dumb. I love it. He it was literally within two seconds of him coming out. He was going, "Oh, hey!" hey. And then bribing the ref. Yeah, bribing the ref every five seconds in the match. He's going, "Oh, hey, oh!" And he was over as hell, like you said. Like I don't think there's any way that they're ever going to make this show like. I don't think they're going to improve the viewership. Put it that way, yeah. especially yeah. doing what they're doing at the moment. And, like, if I was to judge this show objectively, quote-unquote, or whatever, I would think it's crap, and I wouldn't review it well and everything else, because there's a lot of problems with it. But it's a riot to watch every single week, and it's because of these dumb characters. Hey, just half an hour ago, you were praising AEW because of how different it was to Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> NXT 2.0, baby! <laughs> it's like a kid I'll honest, to show. everything. I'll be honest, right? 100% honesty here. <laughs> It's the best show to review. Yes. <laughs> it's better than yes. Dynamite to review. Because Dynamite, right, has really good matches and, like, excellent promos on it. So, like, if MJF cuts yeah. another scathing promo on Darby Allen or whatever it may be, I'm there going, oh, I've got to watch that again and write down all the points. And that's a nice line. I'll write that down. And, remember. <laughs> and then, like, it, like, I couldn't sit there with Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson and go, yeah, they were sort of fighting in the ring and then the bell rang and the 30 minutes Yeah, run. yeah. <laughs> NXT 2.0 matches go five minutes, maybe, if you're lucky. Most of them yeah. are too short to get a rating on Cage Batch. <laughs> like, it's crazy. I've, one thing I'm going to say about NXT 2.0 that I think is going to piss everyone off, because I know a lot of people really don't like NXT 2.0. They miss the old NXT. I think that the worst stuff on NXT 2.0 so far has come from the best wrestlers on NXT 2.0. Your Tommaso Ciampas and your your Pete Dunn's and, and your Kyle O'Reilly's. These guys are tremendously talented, but they don't feel like they belong yeah, anymore. They do not fit at no, all. No, like they're cutting serious promos and they're trying to have like four-star matches or whatever, whatever. I don't want that anymore. I want Andre Chase <laughs> delivering Dean Douglas sermons. I want all kind. I want Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes hanging out backstage. <laughs> I want, uh, you know, whoever the hell else you can mention. I want... It is weird when you see... Uh, versions of the old NXT and, and you know less so Kyle O'Reilly because he's obviously has always been best mates with Von Wagner as we know <laughs> Von Wagner's outrageous <laughs> like, right Von Wagner who also talks in the third person <laughs> this week Von Wagner chose you Cal <laughs> right you got heart <laughs> right but he when you like see Kyle and Edge had you, a baby and I <laughs> <laughs> that backstage segment. Oh my god! When you see, but when you see, and I love them, so this is not me burying them at all. When you see the only Lorcans or the Ember Moons of this world yeah. walking out, I go, "Cool, so you're getting jobbed in like two minutes," <laughs> and that's what happens because this is not this is not your world anymore. This is the world of. Cora Jade, yeah. the skateboarder who can't really ride a <laughs> yeah. skateboard. We're not in Toto anymore. Whose boyfriend <laughs> thinks he's a superhero or something. <laughs> and Ron Breaker is getting <laughs> big Steiner Brothers energy for some reason. This uh, is going to be a great take from American audience, but do you remember on CITV an old kids program called Zap? Yes. yes. And it was basically like a comic book that yes. comes to life and there's like That's a witch a and there was other things. That's NXT 2.0 at the it's minute. It's just like, oh, I'm getting a bit bored of this. Oh, yeah. let's move it's on to the other Because it's this other thing. And it's colourful, this. <laughs> Van Wagner, he's my favorite. He's, Van he's my favorite. There's nothing 
that makes sense about this guy at all. <laughs> He's and, awesome. And oh, what's his name? Oh, he used to be Vink. What's his name now? Oh, the, it's really scary. Jude Bloody had Jude Bloody had. Oh yeah, the poker guy. He's now a professional poker player. <laughs> Sexy Gambit. He it's great. Li- he was literally just in the breakout tournament as <laughs> well as Duke Hudson. They've basically gone, guys. If you want to be on TV, you've got to have a gimmick. Like tomorrow, get me a list of the gimmicks you want to be. And they've gone, uh, poker, uh, skateboard. <laughs> I remember he used to do that series with with Jules, and he'd have that thing where sometimes he'd have to report on a story, and he had a wheel of feel, yeah, and spin it. <laughs> And whatever it landed on, happy, sad, whatever it may <laughs> whether be. Whether it fits them or not. Yeah, he'd have to report this. That's what that's they have. Exactly. They just come in. What's your name? Gary. Well, that's boring. Have you done your the pod- clock tower or something? <laughs> and you are a <laughs> farmer. Congratulations. Well, like big bar of you. <laughs> have you ever done a have you done a podcast where you've like predicted the 10 next NXT gimmicks no, or something? Hundred percent do that, brother. It's a new gimmick every single week. And yeah. if there isn't Instant down. I want to do that one. If we're do, if you do that as a podcast, I want in. Get get those nerds out of here. You're gonna be <laughs> Sheila Dingo, and you're gonna fight crocodiles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come hey, out with a blow up crocodile careful. over your shoulder. <laughs> dangerously close to Shane Thorne's new gimmick. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> My name is Tiny Dick Smasher. <laughs> 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 Shouts to uh, Dark Twitter oh. this week. That is a deep pull. Uh, right, I think we'll, we'll move rapidly along. Uh, enough of all that. It's now time for a good quiz. <laughs> and this week's quiz is brought to you by Biscuits. Nathan Hatch. <laughs> Sorry, Nathan, Nathan. <laughs> Nathan Hatch, you did provide us with a lovely... <laughs> hang on up. Mike. That's uh, a lot emptier than it was at the beginning of the day. The uh, big Nestle biscuit box. Uh, Nathan, <laughs> very kind, has sent us this huge box of biscuits to accompany Wrestle Culture with a note. Bringing back the biscuits to Wrestle Culture. Enjoy and keep up the banner from Nathan Hatch. Nathan, this was such a wonderful surprise in our office earlier on this week. We have saved it for today. So thank you so much for doing that. Uh, if you I'm want, on a Toffee Crisp biscuit right now. <laughs> I've you, already had a Yorkie biscuit during this podcast. <laughs> I have eaten too many this afternoon. I don't think I can even open this box and look at it. But thank you, Nathan. If you want your name associated with a hashtag bloody good quiz, either send us some food to the What Culture office or subscribe <laughs> to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. But thank don't you. Don't just say food. Blanket yeah. food. Biscuits. <laughs> you biscuits. never know what we're going to get if you just have a blanket food. <laughs> yeah, actually, biscuits. And biscuits professionally made, just in case. There. We've That's had some bad food in our office before. <laughs> I'm not going to name the person who did it because I don't want to shame anyone. But do you remember when someone went on a holiday to Singapore and came back with the smelliest yeah. fruit I've ever... Durian? Durian. Yeah. yeah. I remember Swore hearing about this and thinking, like, I like <laughs> most fruits. Yeah. Like, there's not... Uh, I'm a slightly allergic to kiwi fruit, but beyond that, I like most fruits. And they were like, oh, no, it smells and it tastes horrible. And I was like, yeah, but why would anyone buy or eat that if that was the case? <laughs> yeah. Let's see what this, what this is all about. <laughs> oh, my God, it's the worst <laughs> thing I've ever tasted. And then because it had been opened, every time you walked into the What Culture kitchen, yeah. you got like another wave mm-hmm. of it, and it stuck around for about a week. That <laughs> Somebody, somebody did quite like the taste of them. So, the, and, and I'm not going to name who this was because 
that would be mean. Um, somebody decided they quite liked the taste of them, and because everyone else was raging at the presence of this stuff in the office, she thought, I'll take this home, I quite like this. <laughs> Got halfway home, realised that it was stinking in their backpack and that they were about to go on public transport and just <laughs> threw it in the bin. <laughs> Well, that's uh, ironic, that, because my, uh, my wife, her, her mum's from Singapore, and uh, her sister actually grew up in Singapore and got asked to leave a train <laughs> because she had some durians in her bag. They were like, and this was when she was like a kid as well. They were like, can you piss off, please? Yeah. Get off this train and get on the next one or whatever. It's rich for me. I come from a country where the national dish is haggis, right? So, <laughs> but... The, the durian, I, I don't want that again. No, no. But thank you once again to Nathan Hatch for this lovely big thank biscuit box. Thank you, Nathan. A deep Much cut as well. Really yeah. like it. Good yeah, stuff. it's been ages. Oh, honestly, lovely for that. Right, anyway, uh, let's move on to this week's hashtag bloody good quiz, which is all about, of course, occupational gimmicks. Oh, good. Off the back of Tony D'Angelo's e. debut if of this week. Bill Ding is not involved in this quiz, I'm going to resign. Bill Ding is not involved. <laughs> well, I quit. Uh, ten <laughs> questions, a multiple choice, shout your name, wait for me to come to you, and just remember, it's just for fun, and I suppose a few biscuits as well. Yeah. Uh, okay, question number one, I'll start this off easy. Question number one, who was Isaac Yankum DDS, the personal dentist? Andy. Jerry Lawler. Of, it was, of course, Jerry Lawler. Okay, question number two. How many matches did Friar Ferguson have in the WWF? <laughs> in case you're wondering which one that was, it was the one that came out and had the word mm. monk written <laughs> on a piece of paper <laughs> just in case you didn't get it. <laughs> so how many matches did he have until I think some church in North America complained and they went... Yeah, you're Bastian Booger, pal. <laughs> Poor uh, Mike Shaw. So was it one, two, three, or four? How many matches he officially had in the WWF? I mean, there's no way, <clears throat> like, any of us, either of us know this off, you know, no. at hand. So I'm going to say three. I will lend you my best of Fry Ferguson DVD after this show. <laughs> uh, it's not three. Oh. Uh, I'll go two. It's one. <laughs> <laughs> he literally had one match. His finisher was <laughs> lift up the robe. Imply that your bare ass is there, oh, and Scottish. sit on them. That's it. Toot toot arse oot was the <laughs> finisher. Okay. Uh, okay. Question number three. Oh, I wish Miller was here for this one. Question number three. What item of Randy Savage did Repo Man once repossess? Was it his sunglasses, his robe, his hat, or his slim jims? Bill, <laughs> I'm going to take a wild guess. I kind of want it to be Slim Jims, but I'll go with hat. You have been hanging around Simon Miller far too long. It is indeed <laughs> his hat. Slim Jims would have been far funnier. Yeah, <laughs> so much better, wouldn't it? Get Chris Thompson on for that one. Uh, question four. This one's all about the Mountie, uh, who actually became intercontinental champion for a bre very brief period. Yeah, first wrestling match I ever watched was uh, the Mountie versus Roddy Piper for the intercontinental <laughs> title. So there you and go. you're still here. I'm still here, baby. <laughs> well, I want to know who the Mountie defeated to become intercontinental oh, champion. That's before my time, brother. Was it <laughs> Bret Hart, Roddy Piper, the British Bulldog, or Mr. Perfect? Ooh. He lost it to Piper. 
and then zapped him with the cattle prod <laughs> thing anyway, or or the other way around. Sorry. Bill. Was Bret Hart the first one? Yeah. I'll go with Bret Hart. It was Bret Hart. A shock win because Bret Hart was under the weather. Of course. He was going through contract negotiations Ah. at the time. There's a lot of weather in Canada as well, so that adds up. Oh, yeah, what am I thinking? (laughs) I haven't used my soundboard today. Oh, no. What have you done? Uh, Okay, question five. Two-one to fill. I I will make up for this soundboard. Go and play the the guitar one. No, don't no that's coming. That's it, coming. It takes two minutes. These nuts. Okay, <laughs> there it is. Fixed. Go and do Donald <laughs> Trump. Go on. Drop, drop a Trump. Okay. And God bless the United States. There we go. Now we're all better. <laughs> what a collection of syllables. Uh, okay. Question five. Two on to Phil. <laughs> After Lashley defeated Simon Dean. Remember Simon oh, Dean, the Simon yeah. system? I could use some Simon system at the moment. <laughs> How many double cheeseburgers was he forced to eat? I'll give you a clue. He vomited backstage as a result of this. This is Simon D, not Bobby Lashley. Was it 5, 10, 20, or 40? (laughs) He would die if it was 40. (laughs) Stomach would explode. Andy, 20. Yay! Correct answer. 40. Even that, even that, 20 double cheeseburgers. I call 10 a good weekend, but (laughs) 20 is excessive. I was reading about that as well, because it was like, they brought him in, they were like, yeah, yeah, we got an idea. You're Simon Dean, you're Simon Dean, you're Simon. The Blue World Order are here. No, you're one of them. (laughs) (laughs) You're one of them. And then about a week later, oh, yeah, no, Blue Mean doesn't want to stick around anymore. So do you want to be Simon Dean again? (laughs) We'll feed you to Bobby Lashley. And then he'll feed you 20 cheeseburgers. Uh, right, what are we on? Two all Two after all. five questions. Okay. Remember Fantasio? Yes. <laughs> For Bud magician, Bud yep. uh, wrestler. Uh, I want you to cast your minds back to that match of his that we've all seen where he like chucks streamers about and does stuff. At the end of the match, he pulls Earl Hebner's pants out from his trousers. But what color are they? Are they white with red spots? Are they black and white, like a referee's top? Are they pink, or are they red? Is it red panty night in the house? I had pink in my head before we started, so I'll stick with pink. No, dear, that's Ah. wrong. Are they they white with red spots? No, dear, that's wrong. (laughs) They were black and white. They should have been white with a little... Spot. The white, yeah. white with red <laughs> spots were his opponent's pants that he also pulled out. <laughs> he did. He's magic. What else are you going to do with your powers? <laughs> pants man, I love it. That one, he had the thing where he like had the string that came out of his mouth and he like went over. Well, I'm coming for this. Have I got in my mouth? I don't care. Get on with the match. He could be There's, on 2.0, to be fair. He could. There's only one wrestler that could do a magic gimmick. Let's be face, let's face it, though, and it's David Arquette. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> the deathmatch king. Uh, yeah, okay. 100% needs to bring that character back because <laughs> if you haven't seen his documentary, it's amazing. <laughs> Love the magic man. Uh, question seven. Uh, what Slammy Award did Duke the Dumpster Drosy <laughs> win? Was it most embarrassing moment? Was it most smelliest? Was it <laughs> most sweatiest? Smelly. Or was it take out the trash award? Uh, oh God, <laughs> Phil, take out the trash award because that just sounds like a thing that WWE would do. No, dear, that's ah, wrong. I made that one up. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> most smelliest. <laughs> yeah. Hey! Do you want to know who won sweatiest? Was it Bassey Booger? 
<laughs> is Shane McMahon? <laughs> Brock Lesnar. Uh, it was IRS that year. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Weird. It was like 1994. Brock Lesnar didn't exist then. <laughs> uh, it was most smelliest because oh. of bin yeah. man stuff. Yeah. Bin, bin guys. Flammies are good. Yeah. Bring them back. <laughs> yeah, did they do them? When was that something? A few years ago, wasn't it? No. They sort of half commit to them. I mean, wasn't yeah. one of them was a catalyst for Shawn Michaels was the Undertaker 2 at WrestleMania, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> he literally went, oh, thanks for the award. You know what, Undertaker? <laughs> I didn't beat you. Uh, right, what's that? 3-2 to Andy? Yes. Maybe. Three questions left. Who won the 24-7 championship from the gobbledygooker at Survivor Series? <laughs> I forgot about this. Gee whiz. We did this as a news video, the gobbledygooker. Yeah, was it uh, R-Truth, Akira Tozawa, Tucker, <laughs> or Angel Garza? I don't know. I thought this was about uh, occupational gimmicks. <laughs> turkey is Pro- not a professional job. Turkey. No, professional <laughs> turkey. Mom, when I want to grow up, I want to be a turkey. <laughs> Phil, I'm just going to say our truth because, I mean, hedge your bets. <laughs> no, dear, that's wrong. He lost. He got rolled up ah. by the gobbledygooker. Was it Tazawa? Yay! Ninja versus a turkey. Yes. Ninja, ninja wins every time. There you go. That's why it's an occupational thing, because he's a ninja. Yeah, exactly. Is that an occupational thing? I guess it must be. Mentioned how racist that gimmick is enough, do we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me just mention it twice. That gimmick is racist. Or the fact that almost was part of them for a bit. Yeah. Gi- giant ninja. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. yes. Please respect his name. Yes, his proper name. Okay. Question nine. Which one of these divas weren't one of the Godfather's hoes? Okay. Lita, Ivory, Jacqueline, or Victoria? Three of them were his O's at one point or another. <laughs> so was Thunderosa, we learned oh, last yeah. week. Yeah. Bell. Ooh, Lita. I'm going to go with Lita. No, dear, that's wrong. Lita was. Who have I got? Victoria definitely was. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ivory or Jacqueline are the other two. Ivory would not have approved of this. She was the member, of, so was the godfather. Of yeah. The right to censor. Yeah, I've messed before this that, up. Before that. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> well, it must have been long before that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Ivory anyway. Why not? No, dear, that's wrong. Lisa, Ivory, and Victoria, all part of the Godfather's house. It was Jacqueline who was not Fair one point. of the Godfather's house. 4-2 uh, to Andy. Final questions, just for fun, I don't forget. Uh, I, I just enjoyed this question, writing this question the most. What was the name of T.L. Hopper's plunger? <laughs> <laughs> was it? Was it? Similar theme to all of these. I really don't think you're going to be able to spot the fakes that I've thrown okay. in here. Janet, Tracy, Betsy, or Dorothy? <laughs> Betsy. Janet. Yay! <laughs> to, oh, yeah, to which one? <laughs> to Betsy. Oh. Hey. It was I Janet because Janet tore. Oh, oh, that makes far too much sense, <laughs> Yes, it was That'd called... That would be a good gimmick, wouldn't it? Janny Tor. <laughs> oh, don't give me any more ideas. Tag team partner of building. Building, was he an evil architect? Evil architect, I building. Well, congratulations, Andy Murray. Hey, it's my favourite song. You are the winner of this week's quiz on wrestle culture, and as a result, you get to go first in terms of telling us where people can find you on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Andy H. Murray. The H stands for... Uh... <laughs> Phil, where can people find you on Twitter? At Biscuits. No, at Phil My Chambers, where I will be eating biscuits. 
<laughs> you can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Thanks once again. Massive thank you to Nathan Hatch for providing uh, this week's biscuits and associating himself with the hashtag Bloody Good Quiz. You can still do the same by subscribing to What Culture Wrestling. Leave us a five-star review on there. Uh, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling as well because tomorrow myself and Michael Sidgwick will be talking all about two years of AEW Dynamite. But for now, my thanks to Andy. Thanks to Phil. Thank you guys for joining us. This has been Wrestle Culture, and we will see you soon. Wrestle Culture is recorded in front of a live studio audience. Biscuit! <laughs> I mean, wrestling! Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.